This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly Podcast. It's the English Premier League edition and I'm delighted to say joining me to look ahead to another round of Premier League fixtures are first up uh, from the sunny south of France, Mr Nigel Seeley. How's it going, mate? Very well, mate. Yeah, very well. I'm over in uh, Nice and excuse the pun, it's very nice. Uh, Nigel in Nice is the hashtag that's trending at the moment across uh, Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> off, to the tennis, off to the tennis today and tomorrow in Monte Carlo. I didn't realise it was only eight miles away from here, um, but about $8 million difference in hotels. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it, 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 off the hotels. So, yes, uh, looking forward to that today. It's a beautiful weather. Not, 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 it's just sunny shining. It's quite a bit of chilly. You have to wear a jumper. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to the tennis action today. And, obviously, there's a huge tournament here in Monte Carlo, uh, as well as a, a big weekend in the Premier League. And thanks, guys, for doing it a day early because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm busy tomorrow. An early start tomorrow at the tennis from uh, 10 o'clock local time, which is 9 o'clock in the UK. So uh, I appreciate you, uh, you moving your, your busy schedules to accommodate me, even though I'm, uh, I'm over here. So thank you very much. No, it's all good. It's nothing. It's nothing. I'm, I'm waiting. To be honest, I was going to spend my day waiting to see Nigel on a hammock somewhere. Um, so, uh, yeah. I'm well, I've, I've got... I've... I've bought a black and white stripy top and a, and a bicycle and some garlic. And uh, i am uh, decided to go around the streets of south of France doing some videos uh, in that way. But um, I think I'll be arrested if I did. So, uh, yeah, I, I might swerve that one until mm. a bit later on. But I found the Stella, which is good. A very important thing. Whenever you go anywhere abroad, the fun thing you have to do is track down the Stella, not the museums, not the tourist spots. Uh, just look for that lovely magical green, uh, sorry, red and uh, white sign outside. Uh, a cafe bar or something like that. And uh, I've managed to track that down. So I'm sure that uh, there'll be some more very interesting videos to come. How how do you rate the Stella there, Nigel? Because I know you've been to other countries and you've come back saying uh, it's not quite as good. You know what, mate? The, 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 the one thing that we do very well over in the UK is, is free uh, call our Stellas. Uh, Witherspoon Stellas, still 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 quite, quite high up there and very reasonable for the price as well compared to the south of France. But uh and they never pull a they never pull a four a full pint anywhere else other than the UK. Everyone you get the massive rabbit head on it, and they plonk it down. Germany, Europe, America, it's not the same. At least in England, you have a full pint because if you don't, your mad your friend Mad Dave will tell them to fill it back up immediately. <laughs> nice one. Um, also joining us, uh, Jack Wright. Jack, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Yeah, sexy in Essex, of course. That's the uh, phrase that pays here. Um, and normally after Nigel's six or seven Stella, then they all kind of tend to taste a little bit similar, doesn't it? So, but I do have an imp- image in my head now of him going around France doing the, for the older listeners and viewers, the allo allo French English accent and uh, asking the punters what they expect from the upcoming game. So I look forward to that. It's going to be fun, as always. You give me an idea. You give me an idea now. I'm the ideas, man. That's fine. 
looking for the Paul and Madonna with the big boobies. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you uh, follow uh, the guys whose joint handle at Because We Win, where you can find all of Nigel's content. You can also find it on his personal Twitter handle as well, uh, which will be in the description below. But without further ado, let's dive in then to this uh, upcoming round of games. And let's start with the clash between Everton and Fulham. I know both of you have got a pick on this. Both of you have got the same pick on this. I'll start with Nigel uh, in terms of your reasoning here. Uh, a big game for Everton. Fulham maybe on holiday a little bit now? Uh, well, first of all, I think we should start with Jack because I'll tell you why. Because uh, not that I haven't done any research and I've been, I mean, it's not, nothing to do with that. It's the fact that we both had a pick last week on the same bet and I went first and still stole his thunder. So uh, I think it's only fair that Jack, Jack leads the way. And I'm sure that both of our... Uh, sentiments of why we want to bet Everton in this game are probably more or less off the same sheet anyway. So uh, I'm going to pass it on to Jack to give it, because last week I took the I took the advantage of going first in the match that we shared the, the opinion on. Oh, that nice. Go on, Jack. Lovely. Well, there you go. Yeah, I think if we look out of Nigel's window there in Nice, we're probably more likely to see the Fulham squad strolling down the um, down the beachfront than, uh, than going hard at work at their training ground. But uh, yeah, I think there's a bit of juice in the Everton price. So we're both taking Everton to win here at plus 100. I think that's a, a nice price for them at home, especially. First defeat uh, in five. So they've been, de- been in decent form at the weekend. We we'll say the first defeat in five. That was against Man United and they were away. And we know Old Trafford's a terrible place to go to to try and pick up a result. Uh, 24 unbeaten for Man United there, winning 21 of them. So we can probably draw a line through that. But in essence, I thought it actually wasn't that bad because we've seen Everton sides in the past roll over and they've got a soft underbelly and they'll get turned over there and that could have been four or five and a bit embarrassing and, and uh, tough to then take on and they didn't they got they got kind of hammered in that first half but kept it to one goal conceded one in the second and a two nil you know what sometimes you take a defeat and go that's a bit of a moral victory to a certain extent their home form is going to be crucial we've talked about this over the with the relegation sides or sides threatened with relegation and and we know what Goodison Park is like for Everton. We saw it last season with Lampard getting them firing at home with the support behind them. It'll be even more so with Dyche, I think, with that side that he's got, the mentality. And I've been impressed with actually watching them play under him. He's really got some kind of resilience going. He's got them working for each other. I've never seen an Everton side work as hard as this for the last few years. And um, I heard someone the other day talking about actually we were on a golf day with a couple of Everton players and saying they were absolutely knackered because they've been working so hard in training, which is music, I'm sure, to the Everton fans' ears that they've actually got a side that prepared to put some graft in and a manager that's going to make sure that their blood, sweat and tears are, are flowing well. So at home, three wins from their last five, which I think is good. All under Sean Dyche, those ones. Um, good wins. Beat Arsenal, of course, which we all know is no easy feat this season. Brentford as well, when they were on a massive unbeaten run. So they were very good wins and also a massive win against Leeds. So in the relegation fight, so they proved they're up for that battle. And also that draw with Spurs is worth noting as well because they were down to 10 men for much of the second half, conceded a penalty and still come back to take a point, which I think shows that they have got that fight in them where we haven't seen that really for the last two or three seasons. So the only defeat at home was to Villa. And again, we know how well Villa have been playing under Emery, so no disgrace in that. And uh, say so they will be up for a fight. The goodness and faith will be right behind them. And as you alluded to, Fulham aren't up for the fight at the moment. They've uh, flip-flops and speedos, ahoy, and away they go. So they lost their last five in all competitions, the last four in the league. The 1-0 defeat at the weekend at home to West Ham was poor, really abject performance. They're missing that focal point of Mitrovic, who's obviously still out and will be out for a few weeks yet. 
Um, it looks like they've got nothing to play for now, so they're just going to kind of go through the motions and we'll probably pick up some points against the games that are a little bit easier. I don't know if they'll fancy this one against Everton, who will be, say, bang up for it. No silver on the sidelines as well, I think, is going to be a big feature because some managers you can probably do without as such on the sidelines. He's one of those technical box patrollers, an Arteta, a clock that when they're not there, he's not on the pitch with you as such. So I think, again, that'll be a big miss. His second of two game suspension. So prior to West Ham, they lost to Bournemouth, another side in the relegation zone. I'm going to take Everton to kind of add to that mix as well, as I say, with uh, with the crowd well behind them at plus 100. Nigel? Yeah, I agree with it. Everton to win the match plus 100. Um, at the end of the season, sort of the last half a dozen or so games, you always look for teams to oppose that have literally nothing to play for. I know it's an old cliche. A lot of people stand by it. A lot of people disagree with it. Uh, but usually in the Premier League, you have probably three or four teams that aren't off. They're very famously many years ago, Charlton Athletic were always that side. They'd always get to the magical 42, 43 points and then they never won a game again. Uh, and Everton, uh, sorry, Fulham have become that side and probably the only team this season that you want to be facing. If you look at everything that uh, happens in the Premier League, places for Champions League positions, places for European positions, relegation battles, there are very, very few teams in the Premier League with nothing to play for. I would argue that Fulham are the first one in that category. Brentford potentially could come into that category, but with their manager and the way they play, I'm not quite sure whether they would down tools like Fulham have. It's clear from the metrics that Fulham are at the same levels of what they are at the start of the season. Uh, Mitrovic is such a key player to them. I would argue that probably in the Premier League, he would be in the top five or top six players that were key to that side, probably even the top three. If you took that one player out, you know the market that reacts hugely. And Mitrovic is a big loss for them. Um, their season was that FA Cup match. You know, their, their, their hopes were getting the FA Cup semi-final. The way it imploded on them, it was very hard for them to bounce back. Uh, and, and the other thing here, I mean, Silver obviously is a big loss for Fulham on the sidelines. It's also a big loss for Fulham betters because Silver was the manager of Everton here. And the fact is, you know, he would be, he, he would be very motivated to go to a club where he felt that he was probably a bit unfair to be dismissed. And without having that impetus and that 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 sort of uh, subplot into the betting here, uh, suggests that Fulham go here very with, with nothing really at all to play for. I, I mentioned before, at the, in teams at the bottom of the table, you need to win your home games. And Everton have started to do that. They've started to win ugly. Sean Dyche-Style, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. I think they're out fight Fulham. I think Fulham uh, a very young side. They've overachieved in the first season back in the Premier League. I mean, they're all, they're all set to finish in the top half. The last five games doesn't hide that the season they've had so far has been a very impressive one. Uh, and I think Everton here with absolutely everything to play for uh, and absolutely fired up Goodison Park, which hasn't been the case much this season, especially in the early part. But I think they'll be 110% behind their side. And I think if you were going for the title this season... If you're in a relegation battle or if you're looking for Champions League spots, one club you want to be facing in the last six games of the season is Fulham. And I think, um, I, 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 sorry, I disagreed on Jack on one thing. I, I don't think they're going to pick up many points from now to the end of the season. I think I think they could be a side to a fade pretty much every week. Um, I'm not having Fulham at all for the remainder. But Everton here at even money, plus 100, probably the best bet for me in the Premier League this weekend. And I fully expect them to start at minus money favourites. Uh, when the match kicks off. Nice one. 
Good stuff, guys. Uh, let's take it on then. Uh, Jack, Manchester City, who were in imperious form last night against Bayern. They take on Leicester, who have recently appointed Dean Smith as their caretaker manager. Uh, where are we going with this one? Well, we're going, unsurprisingly, for Manchester City here. Uh, I did arm and R about it. It's not often you'd want to be taking a minus two, but I think I've, I've made an exception for this one with Manchester City in the Formula Inn. We've, we've talked about it previously as well, with the fact that City get on a roll and they are literally unstoppable. And you don't see anything like it anywhere else, really, with the scores they put together. And um, they're in that. And we thought it might come a little later this season because of the World Cup and you know the season be different from what it is normally. And we're, we're right in the midst of it now. They won their last nine in all competitions. As you said, Imperious last night, absolutely fantastic performance against Bayern Munich, 3-0. Um, and that kind of shows you, you know, if we're talking about them beating Bayern Munich 3-0 against Leicester here, hmm, not much of a comparison. And, and again, you'd probably look at it and go, right, they've had a massive win against Bayern Munich. Is there going to be a little bit of a dip in form now? They're going into a league game against, a, um, well, one of the, the lower lights of the Premier League. But I think because of Arsenal's situation, I mean, they're obviously keeping them very honest. Um, they go into this one six points adrift to the Gunners, but obviously play before Arsenal this weekend. So have a chance to put a bit of pressure on. That three-point gap then makes it, oh, hang on, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in range of the, the punch now. So um, I think that's an absolutely important for, for Man City to go and put a statement out here. And, and as they have been doing, looking at some of the stats, it's incredible. Those nine games, they've won by an aggregate of 34 goals to three which is sensational stuff. There's only been one loss for this particular bet, which says the minus two, that minus one, two, nine. Um, and that was against Crystal Palace away. And we knew our Palace was set up at that point in time where they were just going for a nil-nil. Um, City won it, but only one nil. One push, and that was at home to Newcastle. The rest, the other seven, they've won convincingly. With a plus 31 goal difference, that means that they've swung each game by an average of 3.4 goals. And we need a, a two-goal swing here for a push. Anything better than that gets us the full win. Wins at home or wins in that run again against Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Leipzig, those sort of sides. The home form, 22 goals scored, one goal conceded. And um, they've won the last 10 at home. I can keep going with these stats. It's just mad. But it's, it's just to show you, showcase, obviously, what they're doing at the moment. 37 goals scored, four goals conceded. Um, in the league this season, 12 wins from 14 games, 47 goals scored, 14 conceded. And when we look at them against the the sides down the bottom end of the table, beat Southampton 4-0, beat Bournemouth 4-0, beat Forest 6-0. That's the sort of thing that we should be seeing here against the Leicester side that now lost eight of their last nine games in all competitions. Obviously led to Brendan Rodgers being dismissed or agreeing to leave, whichever way you want to believe it. And uh, as you rightly say, brought in Dean Smith, who did an OK job at Aston Villa in, in some, I would say, similar circumstances. But, you know, the, he had Jack Reedish then, of course. More recently, popped up at Norwich in a, in a similar situation and was a shambles, put in an absolutely horrific performance last season and um, well and truly relegated with a, with a woeful points tally. Um, and I'm not sure that he's going to be able to go. I wonder how much this is a, is a marriage of convenience than anything else. He's a local to, to Leicester. He's from the Midlands. He's in that area. He's not going to cost any money because he's out of work and he's on a contract now until the end of the season. It just seems to me that they're going to take a chance that he can find something out of James Madison in the way he used Jack Grealish. But you know, I say the, the, the only Nottingham Forest of um, lost more games than, than Leicester away from home. Only Forest and Bournemouth have conceded more goals away from home. Um, and with 
touched on this kind of thing as well in the last few weeks that this is Manchester City away. Do anyone expect Leicester to pick up anything from this? No. Look at the next three fixtures, Wolves, Leeds and Everton. That's got to be where the f- focus lies. And I can see City. City are going to win this game. Can I see them winning by 1-0? No. Or a single goal? No. Um, this looks like a minimum of a two-goal win. But for me, three, four or more would be the more expected play. So I'll take it. Minus two, Man City handicap at minus 129. Nice one. Good stuff. Uh, let's move on to Chelsea uh, versus Brighton, another side who recently appointed uh, caretaker manager until the end of the season, Nigel. Uh, Chelsea at home to Brighton and Hove Albion, but you're not back in the blues here. I can't believe I'm actually saying what I'm going to say to you here. I really can't believe I'm saying it. I looked at this bet and I was actually looking at it thinking like, really, am I, am I actually doing this? Because, you know, I've been really critical of Brighton over the years in terms of people betting them at silly odds who I consider to be silly odds. Uh, you know, and they, they've got off favourites. I mean, I was moaning some, someone a few, about two seasons ago. They were favourites to win at Southampton. And I was saying, how on earth can you back Brighton as favourites to win at Southampton? Uh, they didn't win. They drew that day. Uh, but and all the XG mob were giving me all kinds of abuse <laughs> on Twitter, uh, and uh, I know. But now I'm actually think now I'm actually betting them to win at Chelsea, uh, and, and I'm going to bet them at minus one twelve on the draw no bet, which means we get the money back if it's a draw. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like this bet. I mean, last week there was a monumental gamble on Brighton to win at Tottenham. And uh, I think the person who must have laid the bets was the referee because uh, <laughs> that's the only way I can explain the performance from the referee last week because that was a match that Brighton should have won. Um, Brighton had a clear couple of penalties, a uh, perfectly good goal was disallowed and they will really feel aggrieved that they never won that game. Harry Kane stepped up and does what he does and puts the ball in the back of net and Tottenham win. And I would say that a trip to Tottenham in their good home form is a tougher ask than a trip to Chelsea, and yet today, uh, to for the weekend, Brighton are a better price to win at Chelsea than they were at Tottenham. Now, that suggests to me that the market will come for Brighton again because the the big syndicates, the big betting syndicates, the Far East syndicates love Brighton, uh, and I think they're going to come from here against. And, and there's every reason for them to come for Chelsea. If we take Chelsea's form this season. At home, their recent form is absolutely shocking. They've only won two in their last eight in the Premier League at home. They failed to score in five of those games. They were beaten by Aston Villa at home in their last match. They were beaten by Wolves away in their last match. They haven't scored in their last three games, Villa, Liverpool and Wolves, and haven't really looked like scoring. They, I don't think they've got a new caretaker manager in what? A, a new old caretaker mm-hmm. manager, so to, to, to speak, in Frank Lampard. He's a legend at the club. Um, but he isn't. Uh, even with, he won't go down his legendary status for his managerial time at the club. It's from his, from as a player at the club, and I think his appointment sometimes to bring in ex players uh, who have who have been great. Stephen Gerrard, for example, if he went back to Liverpool, would he be able to do? You know, he's, he's a poor manager. So I think some of these times we you, you get a legend back doesn't really work, and it certainly hasn't worked in the case of Frank Lampard. So that to me, on the form, if you look at Brighton's. They only lost one in the last eight matches, which was last week against Tottenham. So on the form basis, uh, and in the league table, Brighton sit what four or five spots above Tottenham in the ta- uh, above Chelsea in the table. On the league basis and the form basis, Brighton should start as an overwhelming favourite for this one because of history and because of Chelsea Football Club being who they are. 
that's the reason why Chelsea are, are slightly favourites now. But I can't believe that Brighton won't start favourites. And the other reason, which is a huge factor here, is what's going to happen tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. Chelsea are playing Real Madrid this evening. Uh, I've had a very big bet on Real Madrid tonight. I think Real Madrid, one of the best bets of the season this evening. But I don't think the tie will be put to bed. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think this will be still open. Now, whatever way it happens, if Chelsea get a draw here, then Chelsea are going to prioritise that match against Real Madrid. Uh, if Chelsea win, th- then they still know that Real Madrid are going to be a tough arse. And unless Chelsea get beat maybe three or four, and if they, if, even if they are, they're going to be absolutely shell-shocked for the weekend. So I think that the second leg is going to be really, really uh, nicely on, a, on an edge there. No one will know what's going to happen. But if that is the case, then Chelsea's whole focus and whole season is on that game. It's Brighton coming thinking we might get European football. They've got a great chance of getting European football. So that's going to be a real distraction for Chelsea. And, I, and that, to me, also gives this a, a really, really a massive positive for Brighton here. If you ask Chelsea fans, they'll give up on the league, but they'll concentrate everything on the, on the Champions League. And if that, if that second leg is finally poised, then they won't care about losing this as long as they give it a good goal against Real Madrid and try to get through to a Champions League semi-final. So I fully expect the money to come. I mean, the move last week on Brighton was a, one of the biggest moves I've seen this season, actually. They went from something like plus 185 down to plus 160. That's a big move. Uh, that's a huge move. And we, if everything I read into this game... I expect Bright the similar thing to happen this weekend. And I expect a very, very strong betting move for Brighton. And I think if you want to bet Brighton, you've got to do it now. Like, like, I, I mean, like now on Wednesday before what we see in the, in the Champions League game. Because as the days go on, I expect Brighton to be very, very heavily supported. So the minus 112 is my best way to play on the draw, I bet. Because it wouldn't surprise me to see it being a draw. Um, a lot of the ex-players playing, you know, from Brighton as well, playing against their former clubs. So I think is you know, obviously the Potter... Uh, issue isn't there anymore but uh, the draw is a concern so instead of betting Brighton to win I'm going to go for Brighton draw no bet minus 112 nice uh good stuff uh, Jack let's come back to you mate um Leeds United taking on Liverpool uh is the next game that you've highlighted now this one doesn't take place until Monday uh but uh talk to us about this one because Leeds United need the points Liverpool's away form this season hasn't been great uh, are you expecting them to potentially slip up here who knows, basically. But with either of these two sides, I think it just could be a bit mad, this game. And it's got all the potential for it. We love a Monday night football game here in the UK. This is on Monday night, as you rightly say. So under the lights gets the full treatment from the Sky Cameras, the only Premier League game of the day. And uh, that normally adds a little bit of razzmatazz to it. And, uh, well, Leeds were, were Leeds, weren't they, last weekend? Uh, 1-0 up against uh, Crystal Palace, absolutely pummeling Palace for the first 44, 45 minutes and then conceded a goal in injury time. You thought they're going to come out second half and and put it to bed and ended up conceding four goals and uh, against his Palace side that I was tempted to play this weekend um, myself, but uh, I can't quite work out. Is Roy Hodgson, what's he doing? I'm I'm confused still at the moment. But anyway, back to Leeds. And, And it's just... Yeah, they're two points above the drop zone now. So, yes, a massive game for them. They made um, Palace's keeper make seven saves in that game. Um, so, a lot of work for him. So, a lot of shots on target. Um, and we'll expect a white-hot atmosphere at Ellen Road. As I say, Monday night, um, nighttime game. It's going to be a 
yeah, I think a mad one, to be honest with you, a crazy game. When Grazia came in, I thought he was going to be a, that kind of steady hand. I thought he was going to calm things down a little bit. And initially he did. The first couple of games were quite low scoring um, and he steadied it. And then it just seems, I think you only can work with what you work with and with what you've got. And he's um, now finding that Leeds are just as a little bit of a crazy club to try and control. Um, the seven league games he's had in charge, um, 26 goals have been scored now and uh, averaging 3.71. So goals galore, 11 scored, 15 conceded. Um, they've only failed to score in one of those seven games, and that was Chelsea away. Uh, so scored in all the four home games that, that they've had under Grazia, and they have conceded in all of the last six. In fact, the last five games for Leeds have all seen over two and a half goals and both teams score. It's landed in all of those, 24 goals in those five games as well, and some crazy score lines. At home, seen a 2-2 draw, a 2-1 win and a 5-1 defeat. And away, they've seen a 4-2 win and a 4-1 defeat. So, as I said, try and pick out what you're going to get from Leeds. Other than entertainment, goals, action, that's pretty much what we can guarantee. It's all we want from this game. So, as I say, over two and a half goals and both teams to score is the better. Minus 108 against the Liverpool side. That we've been talking about for weeks now. We don't know what you're going to get with them. And you rightly say they're, they're very inconsistent away from home. They're certainly vulnerable away from home. Uh, eight defeats on the road in the league this season, 24 goals conceded. So we know their, their areas of weakness are certainly at the back, but can score goals for fun with the, the talent they've got. They're now eighth in the league. They're 12 points off fourth. That's soon going to be reaching for the same flip-flops that we talked about there with, with the likes of um, Fulham and possibly Brentford. But you saw them in the flesh last weekend in, a, in another pretty crazy game where it looked like they were going to get blown away by your side at, at Anfield, 2-0 down to Ar- Arsenal. Got, got back in it, then missed a penalty, then laid siege, could have scored more goals. Ramsdale was in good form, also could have conceded at the same time, nearly threw it away as well, but ended in a 2-2 draw. So, which we called, obviously, last week, actually, as the, um, the old Desmond 2-2 was nice, wasn't it? But um, the, the reverse of this ended 2-1 to Leeds at Anfield. So a hell of a result that, just as Jesse Marsh looked like he was getting the boot. Obviously, stay of execution there. But more of the same expected here. It should be a real fun watch. So uh, set your alarms to make sure you watch that one on, on Monday evening uh, in the UK time. And um, yeah, over two and a half goals. Both seem to score. Plenty of goals in this one. Plenty of excitement. Nice one. I don't disagree with any of that. I think this game has got chaos written all over it. <laughs> um, Nigel, let's come to you, mate, for the final game that we're going to cover uh, today, which is between Aston Villa and Newcastle United. This promises to be an interesting game. Both sides are in, in good form. This one, just to make it clear, is the early game on Saturday. So you've got less time to get this bet on. Uh, probably should have done it at the top, but it is the early game. So I'm highlighting that to make sure that you guys don't miss uh, the opportunity to jump on Nigel's pick. But Nigel, what have you got for us here? Well, it's usually the graveyard for sports for soccer bettors, the early game. You're yeah. usually- you usually skimp by three o'clock uh, <laughs> trying to get it all back. Now, my record on this this time fixture is absolutely diabolical. So uh, half stakes for me on this one. But uh, if you look at the stats, just one thing though, I, I mean, I, I traditionally am an unders better on the goals. I very rarely bet over goals. Um, and it's really obviously, you know, something that's been sort of ingrained in me ever since I started in sports betting. That When I very first started in, the, in 1990, believe it or not, um, all the shrewdies would bet unders and all the all the, the mug business, we called it at the time, all the sort of recreational business business was for overs. So it's always been on my head to be a, to be an unders better. But obviously, as the years have gone on, football's expanded a lot and, and there's a lot of more people making profit betting overs. 
but also overbetting and underbetting is always always to do with the calendar. So you know, at the start of the season, uh, you always you know up to about November, unders is usually profitable to play, and that's that's to the test of time over the last few years. And then in November, sort of time, you, it goes up a little bit, and then weather changes. But now the lot, April May is obviously the time for overbetters. You know, this is the time that games become a little bit more free flowing. A lot of clubs play without the shackles because there's nothing to play for. So this is an overplay for me, but it's not for the usual traditional reasons that there's nothing to play for. These two sides have got a lot to play for. Aston Villa are obviously trying to squeak through into uh, a European place, which was we, we would never have thought potentially, you know, possible uh, six weeks ago. But they're they're on this unbelievably great run under Unai Emery. And since he's come into the club, he's absolutely changed the whole ethos of the team and how they play. He's been in charge of, I think, 20 matches now. And every single one of those games he's in charge, they've scored, which is a remarkable record when you consider where they were going before he came in under Steven Gerrard. You know, they were struggling to score goals, struggling to do anything, really. So what a fantastic achievement he's done at Villa Park. And that sort of free-flowing football looks as though this is a great matchup. Two sides in great form, two English strikers in brilliant form in Ollie Watkins and Callum Wilson. Um, both sides with incentives to do well and play and and go at toe to toe. I don't think it draws any good for really for Newcastle. I think they want to win it, considering the Manchester United are picking up points. Tottenham, albeit fortunate, are winning as well. So a win is important. Newcastle have won their last five and they've scored at least two goals in every one of those last five matches. Both teams have scored in Newcastle's last five games. Over two and a half cash is four of the last five. So this has got goals for me written all over it. I really do. I think this is going to be a really entertaining watch. Two sides are playing football in the right way. Two managers who would probably be right high up there, in my opinion, as the managers that year. You know, obviously Arteta's done it. It would, be, would probably win it, but I think he'd be number one. But these two won't be far behind what they've done at their respective clubs. I mean, Eddie Howe's my pick to lose his job first. One of my worst future <laughs> picks. There's been quite a bad, there could be quite a few bad future picks, but Eddie Howe to lose his job uh, first was probably the worst one I had. But he's done incredible. I mean, everyone says that, you know, he's had money to do well, but he hasn't really spent the money that he, he potentially have. And, he, you know, if you look for his, his team, there's a lot of players there who, you know, he's getting a lot out of them. They're not well beaters, you know, he's turning their fortunes around. So, um, Real good game, this one. Uh, all the stats are just goals. Like I say, 20 matches in charge for Villa under Unai Emery, scored in every game. So we would expect at least one Villa goal. And with Newcastle scoring two in their last five and really showing a lot of steel, going behind and then coming back and scoring two or three. And I mean, they did that last week against Brentford. Went, uh, conceded a penalty, missed, Tony missed it, scored again, and then come back and won. That shows a little bit of steel in the side and some backbone. And uh, I don't. I think he, whatever happens in this game, I think the the attack button will be played at all times by both managers. And I was quite surprised by the odds here. Um, over two and a half goals is actually the favourite. Uh, so the underdog. It's plus. It's even money. Plus one hundred. Um, I thought that would be the other way around. I thought unders would be the outsider and overs would be the favourite. So yeah, I'm going to go for goals. Um, very rarely for me to go over two and a half goals. But over two and a half goals in the early match between Aston Villa and Newcastle at even money. Nice one. Yeah, that, that looks a really uh, mouthwatering prospect as well. Uh, a few decent games coming up this weekend, which we're very much uh, looking forward to. Let's summarise the guys' picks then. So uh, in the game between Everton and Fulham, both Jack and Nigel 
have gone for Everton to win at plus 100. Uh, Jack's gone for Manchester City, minus two on the Asian handicap. That's at minus 129 in their clash with Leicester City. Uh, Nigel's gone for Brighton on the draw, no bet. They, of course, travel to Chelsea this weekend. That's at minus 112. Uh, then Jack's gone with over two and a half goals and both teams to score in the same game parlay at minus 108 in the clash between Leeds and Liverpool. And Nigel's uh, dived in with an overs pick on the early game this weekend, which is between Aston Villa and Newcastle. So it's over two and a half goals at plus 100. Uh, Make sure you follow the guys on their joint handle at Because We Win. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave us a review, uh, all the usual stuff. You know the drill by now. Um, Nigel is in the south of France. He is covering the tennis um, so, Nigel, an opportunity to tell us a little bit about what's coming up on, on the network for people to uh, tune into. Yeah, be at the test uh, later today and tomorrow. Uh, big day tomorrow. I'll be there all day tomorrow. Uh, reaching the last 16 stage in Monte Carlo and the build-up to the French Open and everything's going to be covered by myself and Sean Calvert and Rory Giovanni and James Blake on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You obviously got the soccer this weekend, not only with myself and Jack and you, Harry, here on the Fringe Premier League. We've got Serie A with Danielli. League with the fabulous James Easton and uh, Steve Vish. And obviously, we also have the Spanish League with Rory. And then we'll be back uh, in midweek with the Champions League second legs uh, with RJ as well. Uh, so all the soccer handicappers are busy, busy time of year for betting uh, here in Europe, as well as with the tennis and the soccer coming to the end of its season. So uh, a very exciting few weeks to the conclusion of the soccer season. Indeed, lots and lots of content to come, even more reason to follow, even more reason to subscribe. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you, Jack. As always, we'll see you all soon. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 